Face podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. everybody welcome to episode 74 of the fantasy timeline a proud member of the dynasty addicts podcast network i'm josh at real fantasy tl i'm with my main man bill at super Duplex. bill how you doing man and doing good i'm excited for this month uh, we got a lot of really good guests to talk about uh the upcoming draft um i just got my shot in my shoulder for the first time today so Congrats. I'm uh, headed in the right direction. I'll be able to talk to humans again soon and, uh, you know, in person. So excited about that. And, um, yeah, looking forward to it. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, You got your first shot this week. I got my first shot last week. We're just, we're running it up. You know, we'll be able to just, you know, cough on people whenever we want soon. By the way, the fantasy timeline does not endorse coughing on people. That's a joke. But no, man, I mean, it's good. Uh, A lot of stuff going on. And like you said, man, it is draft month. We are in April. We are just counting down days until we see where our favorite prospects go. Uh, How is that going to affect our rookie drafts? It's just an exciting time. And we're, we're starting this draft month on the timeline with an awesome guest. You guys will repeat probably repeat customer. Repeat customer. You probably remember them from last year, right around this time. Because, you know, when we get good people and we like to bring them back and share the knowledge, we got Devin Spurl at Dynasty. Devin, Devin, how you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me on again. I'm happy to be here. This is my first podcast that I've done since the last time I was on with you guys. So uh, feels good to be back. I, I feel a little bad now, Bill. Devin has been monogamous with us, and he has just <laughs> been out here with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that will will pony up a mic and get on our screen. Devin, I, I'm sorry for our, our unfaithfulness and our infidelity to you. I mean, but Bill, we have we have to do something. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna have a kick-ass show, and we're gonna show Devin that uh, he's the man for us. At, at t- <laughs> Until next week. And then, okay, you know. sounds good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Devin, before we get into the news, man, um, I just want you to, to talk about the Rookie Digest and kind of uh, all the cool stuff you are doing with that. Yeah, so um, we're working on, over at Dynasty 101, on this year's Rookie Digest. So it's uh, an annual draft guide that we put together. This is um, year five now of the publication. 
So uh, we basically have profiles for all of your fantasy relevant positions. So offense, defense, um, we've got a Debbie section that's pretty deep. Um, I think last year's guide was about 320 something pages or so, and it should easily be at that number again this year. Um, so yeah, we're working on uh, getting that put together. The, uh, the pre-draft um, version is going to drop on April 11th. So coming up here in the next few days. Um, so anybody who is interested in that at dynasty101.com, you can pre-order for $8 right now. Um, and then after it releases, it's going to go up to 10. So you're getting a, a little bit of a discount <clears throat> just by pre-ordering. And um, yeah, so like I said, um, we're really excited about that. I specifically have worked on um, quarterbacks, some of the quarterbacks, and then all of the wide receivers this year. So it uh, should be good stuff. And I will say I, I got a little bit of a sneak peek of it last year. And, and that thing is fire, man. I mean, I, I, there's so much information in there. Like Devin said, 320 pages last year. It's going to be about the same this year. I mean, you take that thing into your rookie drafts. You kind of study up and bone up on that. You, I mean, you're just going to hit it out of the park every time. Every time there's a pick with your name on it, it's just going to be a winner. And you're going to be happy that you spent $8. I mean, you can't even go to McDonald's and get like a meal for $8 anymore. So like drop eight bucks, get it on. Uh, Devin, we'll, we'll put the link to uh, Dynasty 101 in the uh, description so that if people listening on the pod or listening on the YouTube uh, video want to click on that and take a look and uh, pre-order that, we'll, uh, we'll do that for you so that they can uh, they can get to it pretty easy. So uh, appreciate that. Appreciate the uh, the quick overview. And like I said, eight bucks. I mean, you're probably going to spend it on something that's not worth what you're getting anyway. So just slide that eight bucks over there and get yourself a draft guide. All right. So while you were talking, I just ordered. So it literally takes like a minute to uh, to do it. So um, it's so simple. Even Bill can do it. That's right. See. Uh, Say we're we're like a walking commercial here. We should just get into that for like everybody. Just you know, it's so simple. Bill can do it, and Bill <laughs> just, Bill just show you how to do it. So yeah, for real though, it's so easy. It's eight bucks. Just go ahead and do it. Get yourself knowledgeable. I mean, dude. I mean, pros, cons, what they're good at, what they're bad at, stats. I mean, it's got everything in it. If you were like. Oh, I wonder if it has this specific. It probably does. So, again, drop the eight bucks, go get it. Totally worth it. All right. So we're gonna get into the news because there were there were a couple of things that happened uh, over the last week that we think are uh, we think are relevant. So, uh, the first one, Tyler Lockett gets a gets a big old contract extension, four years, sixty nine point two million dollars. He, I guess he just wanted to put the point two in there so people wouldn't do the nice joke or whatever. But, um, Bill, why don't we start with you? Does this change anything about how you feel with Tyler Lockett? Um, I mean, not a whole lot. I, it looks like uh, it's voidable, or you can he, they can get out of it for a decent price after two years. Um, so 
I mean, two years beyond 2021, so 2023. Um, he'll be 31, so that's pretty good out for Seattle if they want to get out. But um, it's I think where is Lackett going to do better if he goes elsewhere? You know, so it's like one of those questions about like, you know, it's if he ends up in like KC or something like that, that's really the only place where I go, oh, wow, I like this, you know, but everything else, it's a whole new system. You know, a lot of times players struggle going to a new offense. So at his age, I think it just makes sense to stick with what he knows playing with an elite quarterback for now. Um, you know, I mean, beyond that, I mean, I have a hard time actually seeing him elsewhere. So it just makes sense, I guess. Yeah, Harry, what do you think? What do you think? Does this change anything for you, Devin? No, I mean, assuming that uh, I know there's been rumors of Russell Wilson moving somewhere else, but assuming that he's still the quarterback there, um, I think it's great for him. He's had pretty solid production. He's somebody you can throw in your lineup weekly. So I like that. Uh, and the fact that uh, he's got DK Metcalf playing there as well, he's not likely to draw top coverage from the other teams. So I like it. I think that it's great. Yeah. And, and I agree. I don't really see, it, it doesn't do anything for me. doesn't move them up or down any list that I might have, but it does kind of give you a little bit of that security. Like, yeah, he's there for four more years. Like Bill said, there's some voidable years and all that stuff, but you know, probably for the better part of his prime, He's going to be in Seattle as long as Russ is there, like Devin mentioned. You know, it should be a, a good combination. And I think you're going to expect what you've always expected from Tyler Lockett, where, you know, you're going to get those boom 50-point games, and you're going to be so happy that he's in your lineup, and you're going to get those five-point games, and you're like, why did I ever start this guy? I, I don't think much changes, but I think, you know, if you like, Tyler Lockett, you, you know, you have that little added security. And if you don't like him, I think, you, you know, you're still going to end up not liking him. So um, I don't think it changes much, but it is cool to know that he's going to be there for a while. So the the main event, you know, the, the big news from the week, Sam Darnold traded to the Panthers for a six-round pick this year a second and a fourth next year. And it looks like they've exercised his fifth year option. So they are like, they're all in for at least this year and the next on, uh, on Sam, on Sam Darnold. So, I mean, Devin, we'll start with you. How, how do you feel about Darnold? Does this, you know, you feel better about him? You feel worse about him? Well, I think this is, um, a positive for Darnold. And if you have him in any leagues, it's definitely a plus because all the signs pointed to the Jets drafting a quarterback and Darnold could have been out of the job completely. So this at least allows you to, I mean, he'll be serviceable. Um, you know, he'll be a starting quarterback, assuming um, the Panthers don't go out and grab anybody else. Uh, I, I still don't necessarily think that he's, going to really turn things around and be any sort of long-term solution. But um, at least in the meantime, this allows you, if you have Darnold in any of your leagues to um, kind of take advantage, maybe trade him um, or at least, you know, just ride it out for another season or two um, 
before he's gone completely. All right, Bill. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's true. I agree that like you know, it's you can't take it, but anything but a positive at this moment, just because of the opportunity. Um, I mean, it's, Teddy's still there, right? So it's just like Teddy's going to be the backup, I guess. They they have told him that he can go out and explore a trade situation. Okay, so so they're they're <laughs> for sure going to be having. I mean, with that trade, I assume they were going to, you know, they weren't happy with uh, Teddy and the fit with the offense. So, I mean, it, it's a positive thing. I mean, maybe if you want to roll the dice and see how it goes the first month, and uh, maybe you know, you can kind of hit, hit gold. If you don't, if you're not a believer in Darnold and you have him on your teams. And then if he, you know, looks good that first month, uh, you might be able to move him for, um, you know, a little bit more. Um, but if nothing else, if moving him like before the season starts, like his value is so much greater than it was, uh, a week ago. So like, I mean, it just depends how you play the quarterback position. I know like that's the kind of player like Rocky Petrolo would want on his team now. You know what I mean? Because he knows he's a starter and um he doesn't like quarterbacks in general. So um yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm happy with it. Like I just, you know, we'll find out now. Like, you know, they traded for a quarterback that they like, um, to see how good of an offensive coaches they are, you know what I mean? To see if uh if this works out for them. Um, so, I mean, I, there was that hype about, you know, Brady, um, you know, coming to the NFL again. And, you know, so there was excitement about that and it just never really came to fruition last year, but I, I got to, I mean, Teddy's not really the quarterback you want if you're looking for a prolific offense, in my opinion. So uh, Darnold is a little bit more of a gunslinger in that regard. Hopefully he didn't get destroyed by Adam Gase. Um, if now, if he just comes guns a blazing, does Adam Gase ever get a job ever again? Like, I mean, he better not probably, but <laughs> should he? No. Um, uh, yeah, I I'm with you guys. It's a positive and you know, people like to take victory laps, but I I'm going to put myself out here. I said early, early in the, in the off season, this might've been right after the Super Bowl. I don't remember the date exactly someone will find a tweet and let me know i said that you know the texans wouldn't be able to trade deshaun watson because of his price tag now nobody knew all this other stuff was going to come up and i said the jets will end up trading the number two pick because they'll realize that they can get so much more for a team that pretty much needs everything and just let sam bradford go uh, you know, be the starter of the team and, and run with it. And I was wrong. It looks like at, you know, it looks like the two pick, they're going to take their guy. Everybody's saying it's going to be Zach Wilson. Uh, we'll see come draft day. But that looks like the guy that everyone is mocking to the Jets right now. And now Sam Bradford is in Carolina. Uh, I think it's going to be really fun to see if people, myself included, who have been saying, Sam Darnold is good, but he's just been corrupted by Gase and the Jets' terrible organization. Now he's going to Carolina. They got Rule. They got Brady. 
And we'll see if they can really open things up. I mean, Sam Bradford's going to have weapons. He's going to have DJ Moore. He's going to have his old friend, Robbie Anderson. You know, they have uh, Christian McCaffrey there. Uh, you know, a better defense, a better offensive line than what the Jets saddled him with. So we'll see. This is kind of put up or shut up. And the cool thing, I was kind of looking at this uh, when it happened. So this was a day or two ago. But right now, according to Spotrack, for the 2021 season, Sam Darnold will cost the 33rd most against the cat at the quarterback position. <laughs> There's only 32 starter quarterbacks, and he's going to be 33rd. He's going to cost the, the Panthers 33rd. I mean, that's amazing. Like, and then since they have uh they've taken his option he will he will jump to 17th now obviously in 2022 that there's going to be some changes made because people are going to get signed restructured all that stuff but i mean even if he's not that guy even if he's just bad i mean it's 2 years and the panthers aren't you know they it's there's no rule saying that they can't take another quarterback either this year or next year to have waiting in the wings. So, I mean, I think it's I think it's a good deal all around. It's one of those rare trades where everyone wins. So, uh, so I, that, that's my thought. I think uh, I think we all had some good thoughts on that, though. I liked uh, I liked hearing what you guys had to say. So now, the main event what we saw on the timeline and we got we got some good ones this week man i was i was going through the show sheet and we got some good ones so this first one here is from mike hicks at drop the mic ff who is an incoming nfl rookie that you like less than most other people and devin since you are our guy um why don't you start us off anybody that you've seen that you like a lot less um I'm just looking specifically at wide receivers that I have ranked here. And one guy that I think I have probably significantly lower than a lot of people is uh, Kadarius Tony. Um, he, let's see, right now, I haven't finalized my rankings, but currently he's my wide receiver 11 in this draft. And I know a lot of people have him um, probably top eight or so. And talking about drafting him in the first round of rookie drafts, um, I'm just not a big fan. I think that uh, there are some big concerns with his game. Um, I mean, he's, he's versatile and he can do a lot of things out on the field, but um, injuries and off-field concerns. Um, 2020 was the first season that he even broke 260 yards. So that's a little concerning for a wide receiver. And I think that he has a lot of potential to fit into the category of better uh, NFL player than fantasy player. And so my player comp for him is Tavon Austin. And so we saw Tavon Austin get drafted like first round of the NFL draft, first round of a lot of rookie drafts back in the day. and. Um, I could see that kind of same career path for Tony um, as well. So that's one player specifically that I'm a lot lower on, I think, than the consensus. 
I, I like I like that one because that, that's actually a guy that I haven't been too high on either just from the very limited stuff that I've seen. And it, it seems like I don't know if he still is because I haven't been keeping up on Mox as much as I did earlier. But he was a guy that was going and a lot of first round mocks, you know, earlier in the offseason. I'm not sure if he's still kind of uh, doing that, but uh, that's a good one. Bill. Who do you got? Who's the guy you don't like? I'm probably going to be stealing yours um, just because we were talking about this beforehand. And I really haven't done a lot of digging. Um, I, th- I Well, I probably I could probably say every uh, tight end outside of Friermuth and uh, who's that guy that everybody wants? Um, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so... Those are the only two um, I think I will draft in the whole rookie draft. Uh, but I, I'll go with what I actually know, and that's the quarterbacks. And I will have to say that I am pretty much super low on, I think, the class as a whole, to be honest with you. Like, I was pretty disappointed when I watched the, um, did a little bit of my review. Um, you know, I think that, you know, it's obvious Fields is probably one. Um, but I think that there's this huge teardrop for me personally to the ne- for the next grouping. And that inc- incl- does not include um, uh, Zach Wilson. So, like, he's in, like, the probably the third tier of quarterbacks for me. And um, I know he's going, you know, he's – they think he's going 102 in the NFL draft. So like that's enticing, but it's also uh, I don't know. I just I he I don't even know who he reminds me of, but he's just not like he wasn't that impressive to me. Like he he's always throwing off of his back foot and just there's a lot of things that I didn't like about him. I mean, he's got a, a decent arm, but then when you look at it, like he underthrew so many passes, it was like incredible. So like, what's going on there? Well, it's his mechanics and, you know, can they fix that? Maybe, but you know, is that his natural frequency to just f- fade away and throw the ball because he's always been able to do that? You know, maybe it'll be a habit, difficult habit to break. So um, he's the guy I'm probably most concerned about in that top tier quarterbacks. Yeah. So man, you got, you guys are good. Cause, uh, that's two for two. We were talking about this earlier. I have, I have Zach Wilson as my QB four. And I know for a lot of people, it's like he's QB two. There is, you know, there's no doubt about it. You know, it, don't argue with me about it. They don't want to hear it. Uh, so I'm like, all right, like we don't have to argue about it, but I'm just not going to agree with you. I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a big, I shouldn't say I'm not a big Zach Wilson fan. I'm just saying that to take him at two, it won't be me. So a lot of people will, and that's fine. I'll I'll be curious if he does go to the Jets, if any of the Jets' woes will maybe taint that a little bit. But, you know, it probably won't. There's a new regime, you know, and they're going to say it 
it's going to be totally different in Gotham now, but not me. And you, and you were talking about tight ends. Uh, Bill, let me, let me put you on a tight end that you may like. Uh, Hunter Long from Boston College. I, I've heard people talking about him. He's a guy I do have to look into a little bit more. Um, I, I like him. He he does some things, and he. But he's probably, less, you know, he's a cheaper guy. Like he's, you're gonna get him later in the draft. So like, but just any of those other guys in that second tier, you know, like I, none of them were like super impressive to me. Um, so like, I just feel like I can get somebody later on that has potentially the same opportunity oh. to succeed as those guys. Oh yeah. And listen, I, I was, uh, I was listening to, to friend of the show, Shane Manila yesterday, and he was talking about, you know, he, he could take pits in a one QB at like one Oh one or one Oh two. And I'm like, Whew, that is that, you know, but people feel that strongly about him. And there's even people who are saying in Superflex they could take him at like 103. And I that's that's spicy to me. But I think, you know, and this is, you know, again, people are gonna call me crazy. I think Hunter Long is tight end three in this class. And I think you may be able to talk me into moving him up to tight end two. Maybe. I'm not there yet. But I think an argument could be made. So, you know, j- just watch some tape and you let me know what you think because I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to think. But I, I value your opinion. So once you watch them, we'll talk about it and we'll see. Uh, Tight we'll ends see. are the most difficult position oh, to even, like. Terrible. I mean, I think, personally, I think it's easier to do quarterback than tight end because even and though it's virtually impossible, like nobody's good at evaluating quarterbacks but it just to me it's easier to know what to look for um in my opinion on, for quarterbacks so oh um but yeah I, I, I will take a look we'll see how um yeah we'll see what i think i guess yeah and i want to hear what you think because uh i you know i think it'll be um i think it'll be fun to see if you see what i'm seeing or if i'm just uh if i'm just seeing something that doesn't exist um, you did steal mine with Zach Wilson, which, which is fine because I'm going to stay at the quarterback position, but I'm, I'm going to slide a little bit and I'm going to go with Kyle Trask quarterback out of Florida. Uh, I've seen, seen some rankings, seen some lists, and it seems like you have your big five and then there are, you know, kind of the rest. So it's kind of like, you know, who knows which one of these guys are going to be good or good for fantasy or anything like that. But I see a lot of people have Kyle Trask as their first quarterback after the big five are gone. I'm, I'm just not seeing it with him. Um, you know, his, I don't, I don't like his release. I don't like, I don't think he's, consistent which is like kind of like two things that i want out of a quarterback i want you to be consistent even if it's consistently bad because then at least i know you're bad i don't have to worry about it but i want you to be consistent and i want you to have a you know a good release and i don't think he has either one of those things um i personally have him like behind like kellen mond and uh davis mills 
uh, personally. And I understand that those guys are all kind of upside. They're all kind of projection. You know, Kyle, uh, Kyle Trask might be a guy who gets drafted and he's like one of those good just backups that just kind of floats around the league for seven, eight, ten years. And you're just like, yeah, he never really did anything, but he was in the league for a while and he was on a bunch of teams and he was a solid backup. He's a guy you would want to have as a backup. But as like a guy that, you know, for fantasy, like, do I want to do I want to draft that guy? Not really. I, I mean, I'd rather take my shots, like I said, on Mond and Mills. And those guys may, you know, they may be out of the league in three years and never do anything. But I feel like their potential is a lot higher than someone like Kyle Trask. So if I had to, you know, if I had to go with another guy, because I mean, probably uh, Wilson is my number one guy in this category, and Kadarius Tony is my number two guy in this. So I didn't, I didn't think I was going to need to get a third guy, but that that would be, uh, that would be my third guy who I'm not as high on, maybe as some other people are. So let's move on to to our next one from Josh Larkey at J Larkey tweets. He said, "Uh oh, Rashad Bateman." being built like Calvin Ridley is not what I was expecting. I'd be lying if I said this was a positive development. I'll need a 4.15, 40-yard dash now, not to dock him at least a little bit. So just for some stats real quick, Bateman measured in at 6 foot, 3 ace, 190 pounds, and he ran a 439 at his pro day. So not the not the 415 that was needed in order to uh to not get docked by Mr. Larky here. But um Bill, why don't we start you off on this one first? You know, is is the height and weight of, of Bateman really like concerning to you? Is it like I had him at wide receiver three and now he's like wide receiver six because he's two inches and 20 pounds less than what he was in the Minnesota media guide? You know, I'll say yes, a little bit. Like I would be a little concerned just to see that he's like two inches shorter than expected, um, you know, and 20 pounds lighter than expected. Like, you know, that's a whole different type of wide receiver, right? Like that you can't, you're less likely to be able to like box out or, you know, that sort of thing, you know, be more physical. Like it's just, but the positives are offensive offenses have changed so much that it's less necessary than it used to be. So like, I'm curious to like, sometimes like I, I imagine that saying that 4.15 was tongue in cheek. Um, I hope, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm curious because so many people have like, there's these very specific, like, you know, people use data back to like 2003 or 2000 or whatever. And they say like, this is a type of wide receiver that succeeds. Well, the game is so different now that it's very hard to use historical data, you know, that far back. Like, I think you can really only pull back to like five years ago. And even then, I don't know how relevant it is you know, and how offenses are run compared to then. So like, it's just a whole new world. And, and I, I'm like, we see it like size has become less relevant at every position. Quarterbacks don't have to be six, three, 
you know, running backs don't have to be two five eleven, two fifteen. You know, it's it's just a put the best player out there and see what you can do. And it's you know, it's kind of become more about versatility than physically dominant. And and so I you know, yes, I'm concerned because you, you think you're getting a certain type of wide receiver and now you're just getting another guy who's in that mold as like 20 other receivers in this class. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a concern, but I mean, his skill set is still a skill set. And, you know, I, I think that I'm not going to dock it like to where now all of a sudden I won't draft him in the first round or something like that, you know? So it's just, it's just, it kind of depends on draft capital now to me, honestly, like if the teams aren't worried, then I'm not worried. Devin, what do you think about this? Uh, it's not really concerning to me at all. Um, I was more concerned about the possibility of him running like a 4-6 at his pro day than I was about how tall he was. Now, if we're going to get into nitpicking wide receivers about size and stuff like that, um, the one that I am actually concerned about and will have to move him down in my rankings is Rondale Moore. Um you know, thinking a guy's 5'9 and he's actually 5'7 is a little bit different than, you know, thinking a guy's 6'2 and he's six foot, in my opinion. Um, that's a whole different ball game, right? But uh, for me, um, it doesn't really change the way Bateman plays for me. And I, like I said, I was concerned that he was going to be slower, uh, test slow, and that that was kind of going to be a little bit concerning. But, um, the speed was there, and so he's. I'm not moving him at all based on that. Haven't um, also haven't they kind of proven that like as long as you have like four 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 speed, there's really no difference between that and like a four three one. Like it's it's fast enough in the NFL as a wide receiver with that speed. Like I believe that I've read that somewhere, and so like whether it's a four, three, nine or a four, two, nine, like, is that that important? We see every guy that's a blazer. How many of those guys have become good wide receivers? You know, people fall in love with that number. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say, I mean, in looking at all the wide receivers that I've scouted this year, there's a lot of guys that I look at tape and I'm like, man, this guy, he's got to have the fastest numbers, testing numbers of anybody in this class. Um, and I look and he's, he tests fast, but like maybe it's a four, four Oh, and not, you know, uh, a John Ross type of, of 40 time, but you got to remember they're running these forties in shorts and a t-shirt. Um, and game speed is totally something different, right? Where you got a helmet and pads on and how often are you actually running in a straight line as well? So, um, I just, I, I'm fine with pretty much anything under like, if it's a, in the four or five range or below, I mean, it's all the same one and the same for me. Um, unless it's somebody that like really their calling card is like, Hey, they beat guys deep. Um, it's all one and the same. So I do agree with you there. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I just pulled up some, some 40 times just for the hell of it to see, you know, I mean, you know, Darius Hayward Bay ran a real fast 40 that didn't make him a stud in the league. You know, 
John Ross, we were kind of joking about it uh, last week or the week before that. It didn't make him a stud in the league. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys can run fast, but, it, you know, running fast doesn't mean anything. It, it's, you know, how do you move on the field? Can you cut? Can you get, can you get yourself open? Can you, you know, there's a lot of other things besides, like, can you run really fast? Because if that was the only thing you needed to do to be a wide receiver, you know, you just see track guys just, you know, lined up at wide receiver for every team. And, you know, that it's just not the case. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because I, I was reading this tweet and he said, you know, Rashad Bateman being built like Calvin Ridley is not a good thing. And I'm like, but, but we all like Calvin Ridley. Like, we're, we're not worried about Calvin Ridley's size. And I, I understand they're not they're not the same player. And I'm not trying to say that they are the same player. But, you know, we're not we don't worry about Calvin Ridley's size ever. No one ever says, you know what, I, I, I don't think Calvin Ridley is a good player because he's, you know, small. Like, no one ever says that. Everyone's just like, Calvin Ridley's a really good player because he gets out on the field and he balls out. Like, and, you know, it, it, it's funny. We, and I think we all do this. We kind of, we have our rules. And then if we like a guy, we kind of exempt him from the rules because we like him personally. And, you know, uh, you know, listen, this is, this is what I see on Rashad Bateman. And trust me, I'm no scout. I do not watch 20 games of film on each guy. You know, this is just stuff that I see. I, I listen to people who are much smarter than me that watch a lot more tape than me. And sometimes I see what they see. Sometimes I don't, but I, you know, I'm no scout. So you could take this with a grain of salt, but this is what I saw from Bateman. I think that the dude has good hands. I think he's a good route runner. And I think he has really good instincts. And honestly, here, here's my thing about the size. You know, everybody has said, you know, if you, if you knock Devonta Smith down for his size, you're not realizing what a great player he is. Which, I, by the way, I think is 100% correct. Like, just because someone is small doesn't mean they're not good and they can't play. So if we're not worried about it with Smith, and I understand Smith is, you know, guy was an alpha at Alabama in the SEC and won a Heisman. But we're not worrying about it for him. Why are we now going to put this size restriction on Bateman and say, well, yeah, I understand, like, Devonta Smith is smaller than he is, but that's fine. We're, we put him over here, and Rashad Bateman is now in this box of being too small. It's just kind of like if we're not going to use size for any for one guy, we can't use the size argument for any guy. You know what I mean? And I like Devin's point, you know, running a 439, and obviously I think a lot of these pro days are juiced up. So I don't think he's a legit 439, even in shorts, never mind with pads and somebody bumping him at the line. But, you know, running – even if you want to bump that up to a four four nine, I still think that's really good. So, you know, don't hate them. Hey Devin, um, just for entertainment purposes, uh, do you have your comp for him yet? I do. Oh, so my comp that I have for Bateman is Allen Robinson. Hmm. Well, that would be okay. I, yeah. Is it is that a stylistic comp or is that a uh, performance comp? 
Uh, both. Okay. Both. I think they fit kind of the same style of play. Um, and I think that Bateman definitely has the, the juice to kind of get to that level in the NFL too. Mm. Awesome. That's exciting. I, I love him. Cap, don't they? I love him even more now. I didn't think I could love him more, but after that, I love him just a just a little bit more than I did before him. Now, now, curious, just because I, I brought up the name just due to size, not due to anything else. Uh, do you have a comp for Smith? I do have a comp for Smith. Um, this is not a current NFL player. Okay. Chad Johnson is my comp for Dante Smith. Oh, okay. I dig it. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I didn't think about it, but saying it and seeing what I've seen of it, it, now it makes sense, but it wouldn't have been something I'd be able to pull on my own. Um, Oh, I like like both of those guys. (laughs) I mean, I like, I mean, Chad Johnson won me plenty of, uh, plenty of redraft championships back in the day. Oh, so. see, yeah, you may as well just draft them <laughs> up everywhere. I'm going to draft both of them. How about <laughs> Can I get two guys with one pick? Is that allowed? Um, I'm not sure how that works. I don't know. You have to see, read the bylaws. All right. Bill, I'm pretty sure in your leagues that's allowed. So I'm going to – no? Are you giving me a no on that? Oh, Bill. No. Maybe in the listener league because you and I have one team. We each get a draft pick. I like that. I like that. You take one, I'll take the other. That's all right. I like that. So, so that was a good one. I I love those comps, by the way. Um, Let's go to our next one from Beastradamus at Beast F Ball. So these looks like these look like, and we're gonna go back to it again. Um, He's got his QB tiers. So uh, tier one, he has Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields. Uh, he has a gap, and then his tier two. Uh, he has uh, Trey Lance, and then a massive gap, and everyone else. So, so I want to break down these tiers and see maybe how you would restructure your tiers, your personal tiers, and we'll go from there. So, so Devin, you are you are the expert here tonight. Why don't we start with you on how we uh, how we have our QB tiers? Well, I've been waiting for this because. Um, you guys are going to hate me on this one. Uh-oh. So what I've got is vastly different, I think, than what you guys have. Okay. okay. But that's – no, that's not <laughs> – Just just based on We're not going to hate you for this. This is why we have you on. So I've – so my tier one is just two players. Okay. I've got Wilson at one and Lawrence at two. Okay. And it's close. It's close. I, I debated for – a while going back and forth on the two, but um, I've actually got them labeled as one A and one B with Wilson and Lawrence. Then I've got a tier gap. Um, I have Fields in his own tier, tier two, just by himself. Then another tier gap, and then in that tier three, it's uh, Lance and uh, Mac Jones. And I don't. I haven't watched enough Mac Jones to know um, if I would put him um, above Lance in that tier or not. But I, Lance is a distant uh, tier three for me. Okay. Now, now I have a quick question. Obviously, this is pre-draft. The, the draft hasn't happened. the The rumors are 
that Mac Jones is going to be taken at three by San Francisco. If that does happen, does he jump or maybe even fall in your tiers any? I don't think I would move him tiers, but that would, I think, solidify his spot ahead of Lance in that tier. Okay. I mean, my, uh, this isn't going to happen, but my dream scenario based on my rankings, I'd love Lawrence to go one to um, the Jags. And then my dream scenario is Wilson falls to three and goes to the, the 49ers. Or if by some means – at four to the Falcons. Um, either of those, those are like my dream two landing spots for Wilson as my number one QB. Um, for obvious reasons, I think uh, they're kind of the best two teams as far as where he could land with weapons and things like that. So um, that's kind of what I would hope. But yeah, Mac Jones going, uh, if he were to get drafted to San Francisco, that's obviously a good landing spot for him. Um, so my question for your, I guess rankings is are you basing that off of like how you think they'll do in the NFL or is that off of like how they've performed in college? All of my rookie rankings that I do are based off of them as an NFL prospect. So um, looking at, I mean, because if it was the other way around, there'd be a lot of like low tier players that put up huge numbers at sure. max schools and stuff that would be at the top. But, um, you know, obviously you need to have production in college to be a good NFL prospect. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm basing that off of um, kind of where I see them projecting at. Like I'll give you my comp for, my comp for Zach Wilson is Aaron Rodgers. Um, wow. Based on, I mean, you mentioned earlier him throwing off his back foot a lot. That's something that Aaron Rodgers does all the time. Um, and then the other big thing that kind of led to that comparison, well, two big things really. One's a positive and one's a negative. Uh, one would be play extension, um, kind of that ability to just, I wouldn't call him a runner, right? Yeah, he's but a he's somebody that can move around and yep. extend plays. And then on the negative side, something that he does is he holds the ball too long. And we see Aaron Rodgers do that all the time. Um, afraid to throw interception kind of thing. Takes way too many sacks. So I feel like that's something that is on the negative side for him. Um, that is kind of a comp to Aaron Rodgers. But that's kind of where I see uh, – I just saw a lot of his kind of game in um, in Wilson. That's interesting. I, I have um, – like I can't get Jay Cutler out of my head Like uh, when I see him. What's this nonsense? Your your favorite quarterback, uh, Jared Goff. Uh, our boy Kevin is saying Goff. Oh, greater than, than Mac Jones. Better than Mac Jones. So, <laughs> Bill's happy about that because that's Bill's favorite quarterback, uh, Jared Goff. So love him. Um, all right, yeah, that's um, that's interesting. Like, I'm actually really excited to read the Rookie Digest. Um, I'm interested to see what I missed, or if. I don't feel like I missed. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think for my tiers, I, I would be going Lawrence, then a little bit of a gap, 
and then fields. And then this is kind of where I'm going with like an upside thing is like, I really like um, Lance. Like, I just feel like he's, I don't know, man. He just looks like a quarterback and I don't like, I haven't dug in a lot. I only watched like two, two different games um, of his. So like, that's all I did for these quarterbacks. So I don't have like a deep review of them, but um, just physically, he looks the part he, um, from what I understand, he's, he's just, you know, he's a football player, you know, God, I hate sound like that guy, but like, just, um, so I think that that's my tier. Then, then probably, um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Wilson. And then um, my, my biggest concern is just fantasy wise. And this is maybe just, I'm looking at it, you know, in a fantasy lens is that like Mac Jones isn't going to be a runner. And that's Oops. just such a huge thing uh, for fantasy points that he's always going to be five in, in those for me, just for that reason alone. Um, like, is he going to be like a guy who can become a prolific passer in the NFL? I just have a hard time seeing that. So um, what do you got for him? Oh, you didn't watch him that, that you had the top four. So um, yeah, I think, I think that that's kind of where I'm at, but um, you know, take it for a grain of salt. Like uh, John or Josh said earlier, like I've only watched two games for these guys. So. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Devin, I actually like your comp on um, Wilson just because can't remember if it was Daniel Jeremiah or Bucky Brooks had the same exact comp uh, on their podcast yesterday, today, one of these days. I listen to too many podcasts, so uh, don't get me on the day. But I actually brought up the the Aaron Rodgers comp, so I like that you kind of are seeing the same thing as well and. A lot of it they were saying was based off of like, you know, that throwing off the back foot and that that kind of stuff, the kind of the play style a little bit. So um, that's a good one. Um, so mine would be tier one. It would be Lawrence and Fields. Uh, tier two would be Lance and Wilson. And actually, Bill, I, I think Lance in three to five years could actually end up being kind of the QB two out of this draft class. So um, good mobility, but I don't think he, I don't think it's always his first move. If he, if he's in trouble, he's still trying to look and then he can run if he needs to, but obviously he has the mobility to, to do some stuff on design runs as well. So I think he could in the right system with the right coach, um, I think Atlanta would be good for him. Um, I think with Arthur Smith, uh, that that could be a good place. Learn behind, you know, Matt Ryan for a couple of years, and then understand what the game is and, and come out there and kind of ball out. Um, then I have uh, kind of Mac Jones in his own tier three, uh, just kind of hanging out by himself, and then you know. As I said earlier, I have a, I have a tier four of uh, Mills and Mond, and then like uh, 
like he said or in his tweet, you know, everybody else, I mean, your Kyle Trask and your, you know, whoever the hell else is even out there. I'm, you know, probably not guys I'm taking unless it's uh super deep leaks. So I just looked up uh um what some people have comped Mac Jones and um somebody said Matt Ryan. <laughs> um Devin, you want him to are you a Falcons guy? No, I'm not a Falcons guy. I'm uh I'm a Packers fan, so oh. Oh, so you want uh, you want uh, that explains it. That <laughs> explains his his Wilson love. No, I'm just kidding, but yeah, that's uh, I guess I'll have to look at Mac Jones because I didn't really see that. But, Who are you looking at? Uh, Jones, because I didn't really see Matt Ryan as a comp to Jones. Who? Um, Who? So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. This is uh this is the least I've done in review of rookies ever. Like so, um, yeah, it's uh I'm getting back into it. I want to check this stuff out now. It's that time of year. Um, so now on to the uh, the meat and potatoes of the uh, of Devin's review. There you go. We we got wide receivers, and this is a. Uh... Top 10 wide receivers in the NFL draft per uh, PFF draft. Uh, so we'll see uh, who we like and who we don't here. Uh, you guys have it in front of you. For people listening, I'll read them off real quick. So at one, we got Jamar Chase. Two, we got Jalen Waddle. Three, Devonta Smith. Four, Rashad Bateman. Five, Elijah Moore. Six, Terrence Marshall. Seven, Rondell Moore. Eight, Kadarius Toney. Nine Diami Brown, I messed it up, and ten Josh Palmer. So, uh, Devin, we'll start with you. You uh, you've looked at these guys. You've you've uh, you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, uh, what are some things you agree with on this list, and some things you could uh, you could do without? I think the top seven on that list, so Chase, Waddle, Smith, Bateman, Moore, Marshall, and the other Moore, I think that's, I mean, you look at any kind of rankings, that's pretty much your top seven most of the time. Um, I have somebody else in my top seven that's not on this list, but I'm fine with those top seven. I mean, I, I'm, I won't get into too heated of a debate. Um, I have my order slightly different. Um, and actually I have Elijah more, let's see, he's my seven. So he's, he's a little bit lower, but, um, I, I don't have any issues with that. The, the big glaring issue for me, uh, Tony's too high and let's get out of here with this Josh Palmer. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I just scouted Palmer. Oh, maybe like three or four days ago. Cause I kept seeing people talk about him. He wasn't even on my original scouting list of guys to look at. Um, but his production was just like bad, bad, bad at Tennessee. And um, I'm trying to pull up his, um, let me pull up his uh, profile that I've got here. You know what? I may not even have one created yet just because of that. Um, <laughs> But what I wanted to see was his stats. So let me just pull it up real fast. 
Also, who's the the player that you would have in the top seven that's not in that so list? So the one that I – I mean, my rankings aren't finalized. I still got to do some editing on these. But I have uh, Amon Ross St. Brown at six right now in my initial rankings. So he's one that I think is kind of flying under the radar. And I think that he's somebody that – Based on draft capital and landing spot, um, and then kind of throughout the off season and preseason type of activities, I think he's somebody that you could see rise a little bit. Um, I was just—he's not somebody that's like your super dominant. He's not again—he's not a super dominant, prototypical like X wide receiver or anything like that. But um, he looks like somebody that could have a, a pretty consistent role. He gets open um, type of thing in the NFL. So. Um, that's the person that I had up on my list that um, was a little bit higher. Josh Palmer, looking at him now, so like he capped out his best season was 484 yards, um, and everybody said, you know, a lot of what I said was, hey, um, you know, people were saying he played second fiddle to guys like Jawan Jennings and um, Marcos Callaway and stuff at Tennessee. Well, they left, and then in 2020, everybody says, okay, he's the guy. Well, what did he do in 2020? He he pretty much matched his previous two years, um, 33 receptions, 475 yards. So nothing impressive, never broke 500 yards, and he's just a pretty, like, meh-type player for me. I don't know how he's in anybody's top ten. Um, I My final, like, summary for him says that uh, he's an interesting sleeper who could surprise people down the road. That to me says, hey, maybe somebody I want to look at, like, you know, in, in the middle rounds of a rookie draft, but there's no way I'm, you know, taking him at, uh, you know, in your first or second round. Yeah, because like a 10, rated 10th would be like you're looking at probably top mid to late round. second, yeah. right? I mean, I yeah. mean, honestly, Devin, are you are you even taking him in the third round? Um, that will. I mean, this is kind of a question that'll be answered, I think, with NFL draft capital. Um, I wouldn't right now necessarily do that, but let's say he ends up, uh, you know, a day two pick or an early day three pick in the NFL draft. Then it's like, okay, obviously, an NFL team is committed to him, but you know, you can't justify really drafting him um at that point if he's like a sixth or seventh round wide receiver in the nfl right so it's really just dependent on that um you know apart from that um brown let's see i've got brown like just outside the top 10 i've got him at 13 right now so that's not too far off tony i mentioned earlier they have him eight here and i've got him at uh, what did I say? 11. So those ones aren't too far off, but um, Palmer um, in my rankings, I've got him at 19 currently. So that's obviously a big, a big drop. Other guys that I've got in my top 10 that are not on this list that, um, and I don't know where they would fall for um, PFF. They might be right outside their top 10, but um, the other two guys that I've got on mine that are not here are Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma state and Dwayne Eskridge. Um, mm. So he's he's at ten for me right now, um, but that's those are kind of the guys in my in my top ten there. Oh, uh, so you you have Eskridge at ten? I do have Eskridge at ten. 
Man, I didn't think anybody liked Eskridge as much as me, but we found, we found the person. Devin, <laughs> Devin likes Eskridge just a little bit more than me, and I'm fine with that, by the way, because I like him a lot, too. I, I do want to throw uh, someone's name out there, and you can let me know if you've, uh, if you've watched them or not. This is someone I honestly got put on to like a couple days ago, and I kind of liked what I saw from the limited that I have seen. Uh, Austin Watkins from UAB. Sammy's cousin, if you will. Oh, I, I read a little bit about him. So, um, what uh, have you seen anything on him, and what have you seen? Yes. Um, I didn't know if you were going to ask about any potential sleepers at all, but he is one of, I guess, kind of my two main sleeper picks that I have. Um I'm waiting to see the UAB Pro Day is super late. It's not until the 9th, so yeah. it's on Friday. Um, so that's kind of going to make or break um, him in my rankings for me. But right now I have him as my wide receiver 14, so he's right after De'Ami Brown for me. Um, so he's somebody that I would be looking at, um, kind of a mid-round sleeper in rookie drafts. Um, Again, small school, but big production there. He kind of came onto the scene late. But um, I liked what I watched, and um, my comp for him is Travis Fulgham. So kind of what we saw with Fulgham breaking out this last year for the Eagles, um, that's what I saw with Watkins. <clears throat> so he's, he's my one sleeper. My other one that I have, another small school guy, is uh, Kay Johnson from South Dakota State. I don't know if either of you have heard anything about wow. him, but uh, he is my other guy, and um, not a lot of tape on him because it's an FCS school, but he absolutely destroyed guys one-on-one -on -one at the Senior Bowl. So it was just laughable. Um, you can watch. There's a YouTube video up of all of his – one v one reps from the senior bowl, and it's like five to ten yards of separation on guys that are cornerbacks that are going to get drafted. So, um, pretty impressive. Did um, I haven't watched it obviously, but did they show like him with press coverage or anything like that? Like, yeah, I mean they, they test him on different types of routes. So um, there's press. I mean they had guys up pressing him, um, and. The thing is, in college, he didn't face a lot of press coverage, sure. so that's always a question. Um, but that's every it, wide receiver in college. Yeah, I mean, it part. looked like it. I won't say that he was tested a lot at the Senior Bowl with that um, in the practices and stuff, but um, it looked good. It was promising for sure. I, the the reason I asked is just because I remember you know back when Cup was a uh, in at the Senior Bowl and he was just destroying people off the line impressed because he was making moves on everybody and it was just so notable to everybody that like he could win like that tells everybody that he could win in the nfl um you know from press because especially playing at a smaller school it was hard to figure out if he you know was going to be able to compete and so yeah i mean that's something to watch at least if seeing some guy that nobody knows much about if he's able to beat people you know his peers that are you know, arguably pretty damn solid. Um, you know, that's a good sign. 
Um, is he a guy that at this point you think is like a like a fourth round flyer or? I have him actually ranked ahead of Austin Watkins. He's at twelve for me right now. Okay. So, and my comp for him is somebody that we talked about earlier. It's uh, Tyler Lockett is my comp for him. So, okay. The one thing that the big plus that he has, I will say, so he in like three season had had about fifteen hundred kick return yards. So he could very easily be drafted and be kick returner day one. So that's like always a plus, I think, uh, for me at least, because the guys are getting on the field immediately. You're not going to – they're not fighting for a roster spot because they bring that to the game. And then the other thing, his yards after catch are just insane. Um, he had – he forced 17 missed tackles um, in his last season and averaged nine yards after catch um, throughout the year. So um, he's the type of guy that is going to put moves on people. He's going to break tackles and um his route running is actually pretty impressive uh he's not somebody that's just like a deep threat not somebody only catching passes underneath he's working on all three levels of the field so um definitely somebody i would keep an eye on i just kind of wanted to go back to you're talking about uh rondale moore and how he measured way less is, is that affecting where you um uh, I, I so I haven't. That's why I said I haven't updated my. Uh, most of my initial rankings were done before these pro day numbers um, started coming out. So my initial rank for him was at five. So I had Chase Smith, Waddle, Bateman, and then Rondale Moore. Okay. Um, he's gonna have to move down. Um, there's a few contributing factors to that. So. Apart from, I, I mean, being 5'7 is a little scary. I'm I, not going to lie. You look up NFL players that have succeeded at the height of 5'7, and it's slim pickings. I mean, you look at most of the guys, and you're like, oh, I remember him getting drafted. And then where is he now? He was out of the league in like two seasons. So that's a big issue. The other one is, again, durability, and that's partially related to his size. And he had that massive, massive season in 2018. Um, but again, he's only played in seven games since his freshman year. And I've had to really think about or create my rankings. This, I think this is a struggle everybody's having. Really um, be careful and take some of the things I see on tape with a grain of salt due to so many people opting out of the 2020 season or playing very limited games. Um, it's been very difficult, I think, because I've seen it all the time. I'm like looking like a good example of somebody is um, Sage Surratt from Wake Forest. He was high on everybody's lists after his uh, season in 2019. And he opted out. I'm like looking at his tape. I'm like, yeah, it's clear that your season was a fluke. And then you see his testing times, and I'm like, I think half these guys who opted out sat on the couch, didn't work out, didn't do anything. The guy goes out there, runs a four seven forty, and it's like, okay, I mean, you're you're moving down my list. So it's been very difficult uh, just this year in general. Um, this is, I know, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but just trying to combine all of those changing factors um, has been 
kind of an issue. Uh, but yeah, Ron, to answer your question, Rondell Moore, he's moving down. Um, if I had to guess right now, instead of at five, he's probably like in the seven to nine range for me. I've got to go back and um, rewatch a couple things on a few guys, but that's probably where he'll settle. So this is something that just kind of popped. Like this is something that we probably need to tell our listeners anyway. Like this year is just really tough. Like, it's so difficult because the competition's not there. You know, like you expect a certain, like maybe a quarterback that you expect the whole line to be there. Well, all of a sudden a start one or two starters isn't playing or opts out or whatever. And then their whole scheme is different. That quarterback doesn't have, you know, he wasn't showing escapability this year compared to last year or something like that. There's so many things that just the whole dynamic of, play changes because a few starters aren't aren't playing and so it's like it's really tough so this year more than any like it's hard anyway but like to to gauge much this year it's so difficult and and the issue is also going to be for the nfl so like where we typically say draft capital is so important we might not have to weigh that quite as much because we don't necessarily know, right? Like, cause they're not going to have the, all the data points that they would typically have. And that data that they are getting isn't as, you know, as complete. So like, that's going to be a challenge. Like, I mean, our third round rookie picks for fantasy, like how much, how different are those going to be to second round? You know what I mean? Like, because there's just, it's just an interesting year in that regard that if you're not really sure who you want to take, you're not in love with somebody, you might have an equal chance trading back, you know, and getting two thirds for your second and get two guys that are of similar ilk. Yeah. I think once you get past the top group of players um, in general, across all positions, I think a lot of um, draft boards are going to differ. Um, for dynasty owners and i this year especially i think this is just a prediction but i think that this year more than ever you could see a lot of um late round nfl picks and undrafted free agents making rosters and actually becoming productive dynasty assets i just think that like you said, you could have an NFL team making a third or fourth round draft pick on a guy that just has no hope based on limited data points and things like that. Meanwhile, somebody, because again, missing data points and stuff falls to the end of the draft um, or ends up signing a free agent contract with uh, an NFL team. And before you know it, they beat out that third or fourth round pick in camp and they're now starting on a team by, you know, by the time the season's opening. So um, just something to pay attention to. I think there's a lot of value uh, in later round rookie picks this year because I've got a lot of guys where I'm like, the draft may not seem super deep and I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying that there's going to be more guys hitting this year than usual, but I think you have more chances at grabbing one of those players later on um, in the draft, just because everybody's draft picks are going to be all over the place after the first or second round. And you're just going to have 
guys, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I just want to throw darts at and say, Hey, mate, I mean, this guy lands in the right situation, um, has the right coaching, who knows where he could end up. Yeah. And I think that, um, it's so funny because, you know, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about Austin Watkins and you were talking about, um, you know, that fellow from South Dakota state as well. These are guys that in a normal year, I feel like we would like, we would know everything about these guys. We would know know, what tattoos they have and, you know, who, you know, who their high school sweetheart is. And this year with just like, you know, all of the craziness. I mean, we had, you know, we had like the SEC who just was like, nah, we're going to play when we're supposed to play. And then the Pac-10 was like, we're not playing. Well, we're going to come in late and start playing. And, and, you know, you're trying to compare prospects even at the same position on, you know, someone from Washington compared to someone from Alabama. And it's like, but the guy on Washington didn't, you know, they didn't have their normal spring camps and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the guy in Alabama, they were playing in the SEC and they were just like, go, go, go. They just kept it normal. So that's going to be so weird. And I think a lot of even the the smaller school guys that normally we would have so much information on, we don't have that information this year because it, it was just, we're trying just to get enough information on the guys that we should know, never mind trying to figure out, you know, maybe some smaller school prospects that could pop but Devin before we before we get out I wanted to get your your thoughts on one guy that um I kind of liked and actually before before I go into that you brought you brought up Sage Surratt and I was so high on him last year I was like oh man he's gonna be so good and then he opted out and then you know like I said people who are a lot smarter than me started watching the tape and they were like ah. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe 2019 wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And then I was like, oh, I had so much love for Sage Surratt. And, you know, he's kind of uh, he's kind of evaporated into the into the dust. But um, Tamori and Terry from Florida State, um, what what have you seen on him? What do you like about him? And, and maybe what don't you like about him? Um, so he's fast. That's, you're going to hear that about a lot of wide receivers, uh, in this draft. The difference is he actually has size to go with the speed. Um, there's a lot of small or very small speedy guys in this draft. Um, but Terry, um, I think I want to say he's six, three. Uh, let me just double check that I have his pro name numbers here. Yeah. So six, three, two Oh seven is uh, what he measured at and ran a four, four, five, um, 40. So that's, um, that's on the good side for him. He's got the length. He's, he plays strong. He's pretty speedy off the line. He's got a nice release. However, um, there's a few things, the things that I don't like so much. Um, his route running is not great. Um, a lot to be desired there. Pretty much ran all vertical routes. So, and I'm not saying just deep goes, but like it's everything on a vertical plane. So no change of direction stuff. It's like, okay, do a curl, do like a quick, um, you know, out route or something like that. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's all pretty uh, simple stuff. 
drops, um, a lot of focus drops, and then a lot of just bad technique drops. He gets bullied on contested catches. And again, I mentioned this earlier, his agility um, is not great. So um, it's tough to say. He's somebody that could, I feel like he has a lot of untapped potential just based on the fact that Florida State, kind of a down program a little bit, didn't take full advantage of him. The coaches didn't really uh, get the best out of him that they could. Um, so he had that huge breakout season in 2019, and I think he was on a lot of people's radars, and then he was just bad in 2020. Um, I mean, not not terrible, but his, his season was definitely down. So um, I think he's kind of a project uh, wide receiver, but – I wouldn't be opposed to taking him in the later rounds of the draft. I just think that what's going to end up happening is that his ADP is kind of going to be too high for me to get to draft him anywhere. But I mean, he's not really somebody that I'd be looking at before like the fourth or fifth round. Yeah. He, he's kind he's kind of been the guy that I've circled as like my fourth round guy. If, you know, if I'm picking in the fourth round, like, because uh, you're right, it's it's like so funny that the dude doesn't doesn't move. I mean, he moves straight, <laughs> and, and, and that's about it. But I I always said he's kind of he always reminds me of like a Raiders draft pick. Like he's big and he's fast, so the Raiders will draft him because he's big and he's fast. Ne- never mind, can he can he do the other things? But yeah, he was kind of somebody that I've had circled as like my fourth round guy, like whether I pick four or one or four twelve, like he's kind of like, yeah, I think that's the guy I want. Obviously, you know, if he's, you know, drafted in the seventh or he's undrafted, you know, you know, that may change a little bit, but like, yeah. So I, I just wanted, I wanted to see your thoughts on him because um, obviously like the size speed was what kind of intrigued me about him. And then kind of like the, fact that you'd never see him move in anything but a straight line is kind of like the one thing that I was like, oh, well, I don't think you can do that in the, in the NFL unless he's just going to be on the field for like, you know, 10 plays a game and all he does is just run straight and, you know, hopefully he separates and gets the uh, the ball thrown to him. But, uh, but cool. So, so Devin, that that's it, man. Um, I think we have. Uh, I think we've done well. I think. Um, yeah, let me let me let me throw out one just one piece of advice before closing here, and this is player specific. Nobody should have Tutu Atwell on their draft board. I just got to throw that out there. <laughs> if he's on your draft board and you think you like him, you don't cross him off. Um, there's been plenty of five foot nine players that have succeeded in the NFL. But let me tell you, no NFL player at 155 pounds is going to be a dynasty asset. Uh, I saw his pro day weight and I was just like, that's it. I crossed him off. <laughs> so 155 pounds, not going to cut it. I was curious. I even went back and looked um, that ties his weight ties the lightest player in NFL combine history. So just go ahead and cross him off. Um, I saw his production. I thought, hey, maybe this is a guy I'm going to like. Nope. Uh-uh. So that's my last piece of advice. Just cross him off your draft board. Don't do it. 
Hey, hey, you know what? That that's a good one because I feel like Tutu Atwell had a lot of buzz in like February, and probably some into March, and then all of a sudden, at least on Twitter, the Tutu Atwell chat got, got real quiet. <laughs> And maybe it's because people, you know, they saw that pro day wait and they were like, all right, we got to go somewhere else with our, uh, with our love. So yeah, Tutu Atwell, man, he, uh, I felt like he had, he, his star shone bright for just a little bit in like February and March. And then uh, his weight just snuffed it out. So uh, on that last bit of very good advice, uh, Devin, Thank you for coming on, man. Uh, appreciate appreciate it. Uh, man, I just learned so much today, uh, so much that I'm going to take into uh, into my own rookie drafts. And by the way, people, if you want to see everything that Devin has been talking about, go get the Rookie Digest, dynasty101.com. Uh, you'll see the store option. Just click on it. We're going to put it in our description. So if you don't want to do all the Googling and the typing and everything, it'll just be one click to take you there and then one more click to buy it. And you, it's $8. Like people, $8. That's nothing. $8 is like probably like, you know, people like Bill is probably like one one thousandth of what he what he puts into just league fees every year with all the uh 30 leagues that he's in so you know for that much you could take that into every uh every rookie draft whether you have one or a thousand like bill and just crush every single one so like i said we're gonna put that in the descriptions so that you guys can easily just click the button and uh and purchase that yourself so uh devin Thank you. On the way out, just tell people where they can find you, um, what you're doing, and what you're up to. Yeah, uh, so I'm on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot, but I do tweet some interesting stuff around draft time. So I'm at Dynasty Devin on Twitter. Um, you can follow our uh, our main account is at D101 underscore HQ. Um, I'm pretty much the one behind that account as well. So, uh, those two things there. And again, yeah, dynasty101.com. We've got the trade calculator, all that good stuff. So check it out. Uh, appreciate that. Check it out. And, you know, talking about checking it out. Thank you for, uh, for everybody that was in the chat. We saw Kevin in the chat tonight. Appreciate that. And appreciate you too. If you're, uh, if you're listening in podcast form. Uh, just remember whether you are, you know, subscribed to us, hopefully both in podcast form and on the DAP network YouTube page. Uh, if not, for some reason you're listening to us, just click that subscribe, uh, you know, rate us, review us, hit the bell, just kind of let us know what you're thinking because that also helps other people find us. And, you know, Bill and I are just out here trying to have a good time and trying to, to entertain and inform as many people as we possibly can. So uh, do all those things. And, you know, Bill, I think on that note, we are out of here. Late.